Welcome to the WIPS Podcast, inspiring and empowering women to take the stage and up their game in the public speaking arena. My name is Chantal Bosset from Shabbos, leaders for your presentation, public speaking, and AV needs. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Anne Evanston. She's from the San Francisco Bay Area in California. Welcome, Anne. Hi, Chantal. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to get to talk to you because we we just couldn't meet before. So I'm really glad we could make it and arrange that for today. And I know you a little bit, but my listeners don't. So please introduce yourself. Tell us what you do in your business. So I um, am a speaker, coach, author, and I have specialized in the last 21 years specifically working with women um, and related to influence, personal power, and self-worth. So that's really where my focus in my work is, is having women really step into that strength and power of who they are so that they can use that in their personal lives as well as in their careers. Very valuable because we know we come at moments that we need that. (laughs) So you mentioned that you were a public speaker and I would be interested for you to share how was your first experience as a public speaker? Um, Well, my first experience as a public speaker was actually in the sixth grade. I was um, class president and I had to start the assembly for the entire school. So first grade through sixth grade, and I had to lead them in the Pledge of Allegiance. And I remember this is the old classic cafeteria. Everybody sits on the floor for the most part. (laughs) And there's a stage in the cafeteria. And I went up to the stage, to the microphone, and I said, will everybody please stand to say the allegiance of the pledge? Um, and immediately got giggles because I had said it backwards and <laughs> everybody laughed it off and I laughed it off with them and led them in the Pledge of Allegiance. So that was my, <laughs> that was my first speaking gig as far as I am concerned. But then again, laughing with them was probably the best way to go because then Happy probably helped you relieve that little stress level when you realized, oh, geez, that wasn't right. (laughs) Yeah, Um, absolutely. I have definitely taken that lesson in all of these years now being a professionally paid speaker, that there is no such thing as being perfect on the stage and your imperfections actually work to your advantage with your audience as long as you don't take yourself too seriously. Oh, they do. I totally agree with you. And throughout the years, I'm wondering, did you have, did you encounter any challenging experience that you would be able to share with us? And what did you learn from them? I think uh, one of the biggest challenging experiences that I have had over the years of speaking is being told I'm going to give us, get a certain amount of time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. you have 20 minutes or you will have 10 minutes to make your point so they come to your breakout session at this conference or whatever that thing <laughs> is and suddenly my 20 minutes is 15 10 right 
Oh. Five. I've had it go down to five minutes. Five and, minutes. Oh yeah. Oh wow. From how many? Twenty. Okay. So when, please, listeners, put that in your mind and remember <laughs> it for the rest of your lives. When we tell you your time can keep, be cut down, that's probably the worst I've heard though. Twenty to five. But it yeah. will happen. <laughs> so sorry. Yeah. Just yeah, go with your story. Go on. Yeah. So so realizing that I have to be ready to do key things right away. Why am I here for the audience? Right. Um, what's a key point? And then what's the call to action? So ultimately, those yes. are the three things that I need to be able to do. And that often means that as a leader, you need to get, or as a speaker, you need to get over your own shit, <laughs> um, which means, oh, I want to tell this story. It's so fabulous. Or I need to do this joke. It's so funny. Or, you know, you have to strip away all the stuff that you think is what makes your presentation wonderful and just really get to those points. Um, and that's just reinforced for me time and again, that often that's the key, especially if you're trying to attract an audience to, like I said, a breakout group at a conference or Absolutely. your table in the back of the room or whatever those things that you might be trying to attract them to. Very valuable because believe it or not, some people kind of don't believe me when I say, okay, you've been told you have half an hour. Fine. I plan for having something for less than half an hour and they wonder why. Well, that's the perfect example. Well, and I had, um, this was over 20 years ago, I had an opportunity to audition for a public seminar company that would book you in rooms, right? Okay. And um, I was told on the phone, hey, this audition is happening at this place tomorrow. We're going to squeeze you in. There's no problem. We've talked to the woman who's leading the aud auditions. Um, go on down. So I show up that morning all dressed. I was told to have a 10-minute presentation on a topic that I think an audience would want to hear. And I think I did something on leadership back then. And uh, she, uh, she said, who are you? Oh, no. <laughs> I said who I was. And I referred to the person I talked to on the phone. And she's like, yeah, yeah, come on in. So created a little intimidation factor right in the beginning. And here's this room of like 30 people auditioning. And she walked in and said, oh, well, we have an extra person here, Ann Evanston. So I'm cutting all of your time from 10 minutes to eight. Oh, so the whole room. Met. Now you have the whole yes. pressure on you for yes. cutting them two minutes each. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was so interesting, though. And years later, her, her name was Pat. Years later, I said to her, because we've been friends over the years, I said, you do that to every audience that auditions, though, don't you? And she said, I absolutely do. Ah. She said, because he said, there's one person every time that I pick as the guinea pig to say we're cutting the time, right? And she said, because some people are so rehearsed, they're so they are, they cannot adapt to the audience. And I'm looking for people who know how to adapt. <laughs> That's a great way to go. But geez, it <laughs> must have been so intimidating at first because... Oh, well, now I have 30 pairs of eyeballs staring at me saying, you know, you're the reason why I don't get my 10 minutes. Yeah, well, maybe since I teach influence, personal power and self-worth, I didn't feel that. True. Um, you know, I was really there to do my thing and 
win, honestly. Um, you know, she wasn't going to take all 30 of us um, in that situation. It was a bit of an audition in terms of that. Um, so I always believe that as a speaker, even if I'm in an environment where the audience may be hostile, which, you know, some of us over the years have spoken to people that are told they have to be there. It's mandatory and they don't want to be there. That's right. Um, so if that's true and you go in intimidated, then you actually lose that audience. Whereas if you go in with confidence and say, Hey, I know what I'm doing. Um, I'm proud of what I have to share today. And you come with that energy. You tend to draw your audience in with you. That's right. You're totally right about that. Showing that power, or at least making them feel we're in perfect control even though they probably are not on the same wavelength and they don't want to be there to start with, will probably help alleviate the problems that we could have had being that unsecure person on stage. So those are all great points, but I would like you to share great moments that you had on stage and why. That would be a positive way to help our listeners. You know, um, great moments. I, I have more great than non-great, honestly. Um, I, 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 what would I say is a great moment? Uh, for me, a great moment is really when I feel that every member in the audience feels that I am speaking to them personally. Oh, that's great. Um, and that, that is the most rewarding experience for me. So whether it's 10 people in the room or 5,000 people in the room, I, I want people to feel like my eyeballs are reaching into their eyeballs and their soul and the message is relating to them. And so that's the intention I go into to create those kind of great experiences, if you will. Um, and I have way more of those than I do bad ones, honestly. Um, I think most audiences want you to succeed, right? Oh, I agree want with you. Great. Yeah. So um, for me, ultimately, I think that's what creates a great experience. You know, have I been on stages with you know, name dropper kind of famous people. Absolutely. Um, have I spoken in front of huge audiences? Yes. My largest was 10,000 people in the Tacoma Dome. Wow. Um, you know, I, I've, I've done many things like that, yet it's, it's that ability to reach in and know that my message is touching individuals in the audience and have people at the end say, I feel like you were talking to me specifically. Um, and I like your point because whatever the number of people in front of you, if you focus on making them care, making it valuable for each and everyone, then you won whatever the number of people you were in front of. I really like that. I watch a lot of speakers, especially when they start. Now, I started Toastmasters in the seventh grade. So I had that weird sixth grade experience, but I started Toastmasters <laughs> in the seventh grade. So speaking has been something I've been doing for a very long time and, and training on it. Um, facilitation and speaking and training and all of those kind of arts, if you will. Um, and I, a lot of new speakers I see really get caught or focused in the front row. So they're just looking at the front row of people and making eye contact in that first row or maybe the one or two people that really have great facial expressions. That's right. 
And I work very hard to energetically think about how are my eyeballs transferring and, and making contact with everybody, the farthest person in the room that I might not really even be able to see their eyes. How am I reaching energetically into that person um, when I give my talk and not just getting caught up in that front row or those couple great people that give me real great nonverbals that make me feel good. <laughs> and, and continue to reach that way. And when I do that, then I have those great experiences too. Oh, I agree with you. It's a way also to feeling more of the energy that we get from the audience. So I like that trick that you just shared, because I'm sure if more listeners put that in practice, they will feel the difference as they improve and as they do more public speaking. I really like that. And how do you prepare when you have to give a speech or a presentation? As little as possible. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is going to be kind of a weird thing, and this might be different based on your style or personality. Um, I think that the worst thing that happened to speaking was speech class. Um, I think that high school speech class is a horrific thing that does not teach people how to be great engaging speakers and the idea of speech class was to memorize your speech you had to memorize your speech you had to know your speech that's and that bad. doesn't allow you to be flexible that doesn't allow you to adapt um, it doesn't allow you to play with your audience um, it doesn't allow you to answer questions in the moment if that makes sense you have to be very controlled to be able to do that absolutely So for me, preparation is basic in the sense of what is my opening? Um, what are my key points that mm -hmm. I want to make? And what is my powerful closing? So that's, right. that's my preparation. Everything in the middle, if I know my content, I shouldn't have to rehearse. So I speak on subject matter that I'm an expert at. I speak on subject matter that I know and believe in. I don't write speeches just to give speeches. I speak on what I'm passionate and knowledgeable about. And so those pieces are very easy to do and they're very subtle adjustments based on the audience. I totally agree because so many times I've been trying to tell people, you know what, stop writing speeches. Stop having a, a very formal script because you'll trip at one point. You never know what will happen during your speech, during your presentation. Well, and even if you don't trip, you are so rehearsed, you're in your head. Oh, yeah. The best speakers are in their hearts. The best speakers have a level of vulnerability to them. And so when you, if you rehearse it so well that you have it memorized, it, it you lose that that heart connection, that soul connection to the audience that you can't get with the rehearsing. Oh, absolutely. So rehearsing a formal text is really the best way to sound like a robot in a way. And we want to move people away from that, which just you reminded me of someone I told, I just told him lately because he had, he had not put a formal speech to prepare his conference, but he was putting so many points, key points, and sometimes they had quite a few words. 
-hmm. And I told him, okay, this is going to sound weird, but please bear with me. I know it works. Mm -hmm. When you're in front of a group, you know you forgot something. They don't know you were going to talk about it anyway. And if you really forgot about it, it's because they didn't need it at that time. That group just, they just didn't need what you had to say. You'll probably say something else that will replace that and that was serving them better. So mm -hmm. yeah, being from the heart, listening and just resonating with the vibe of the room, that's very important. I really like that. And then I would say that another thing that's, made it easier for me to be a great speaker is that what I work more on is stories. Yes. So, and, and I think that great speakers have a, a huge chest of stories with really great points that at any moment, based on what's happening with the audience, they can pull out the story and tell the story. Um, exactly. to hit home a point or to reinforce a question that's being asked or whatever those things may be in the audience. So it's not that I'm again, rehearsing and saying, Oh, I'm going to tell this story here and I'm going to tell that <laughs> story there. Yet part of my practice as a speaker is thinking about stories in my life or when I have a conversation with somebody saying in the back of my mind, how would this make a great story in front of an audience? That's right. Um, and, and continuing to build my stories um, and how can I hit it home with a point with audience so that I can pull them out when I need them? Oh, that's great. Very, something I hope people will put in practice way more. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, if you had one tip that you would want to share that would help empower women to take the stage more confidently, what would it be? Get, screw perfectionism. <laughs> <laughs> I love your style. Through <laughs> perfectionism. I think too many women are waiting to be perfect at it. Yeah. Um, and perfect isn't authentic. Your, your imperfection, your humanness, your realness is what an audience will love more than anything. That's why TED Talks have been so great because people like, even though they are a little more scripted, people love the realness of people and their stories in TED Talks. That's right. They're very human in that experience. So get over this desire to be perfect beforehand. Um, also, I'm going to add a second tip. Can I should sure, Of course. Because there's a crazy research thing for here for women in speaking. There's a ton of research that says that when uh, a woman speaks to an event planner about speaking and a man speaks to an event planner, often the event planner will say, well, what are your talks, right? And the woman kind of fluffs around and tries to figure out what the event planner says. And the man says, well, I speak on this, I speak on this, I speak on this, right? And the woman tries to fluff around and figure out what they want. And then the event planner will say, well, could you send me your marketing material and possibly your PowerPoint presentation. And because a woman doesn't know her talks, she can't do that immediately. Whereas a man can send them like that. Yeah. I think that women need to decide what is it that you speak on? Um, so instead of trying to be the people pleaser and trying to just get the work and, and then you're making it up as you go, the easier way to get the job is to, draw your line and say, I speak on influence and personal power. And then people know if you're a fit. And then if you're get a request, you are ready to give material to people 
not having to develop it on the fly. Oh, wow. That's really powerful because you're right. So many times, and I remember myself being guilty of doing that, you know, trying to figure, well, maybe I can, unless you're right. Just tell them exactly your, this is what I taught on or the type of speeches I do. And that's it. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. So even though you had two, they were so valuable. (laughs) We can't go without them. (laughs) Sorry about that. I pushed the box. (laughs) Oh, no, that's okay. For me, as long as people get that valuable information, because it's all about making sure women will take the stage more and more confidently. Stop to Stop thinking you, you need to be perfect. <laughs> Sometimes that's what they say. Well, you know, I'm not an expert. I'm not perfect. Yes. Who cares? Just do it. Yeah, go for it. Exactly. And it was such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I, I'm sure the listeners will get tons of value out of this. And when we post it, they'll have the links so they know how to reach, reach out to you, connect with you. And please, listeners, do so. Connect with Anne. You know, follow her, see what she does. And thank you again for being here. It was really a pleasure to have you. Thank you very much, Chantal. I enjoyed it immensely. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please tell us what you think by commenting. And even share with your own networks to inspire and empower others to do public speaking. 